Hello and welcome to The Midspace. I'm your host, Hope Eaton, a psychologist and explorer and navigator of the stories and spaces between who we no longer are and who we want to become, and between each other. On this podcast, I'll be talking to experts and people just like you who are navigating change in their lives, relationships, and work, all with one goal, that in sharing our stories of and tools to navigate the midspace, we uplift and support each other together as we make our own journeys to the other side and connect more meaningfully with each other. Today, I'm speaking to Maria Sirwa, one of the most generous people I've ever met and whom I'm grateful to call my friend. Maria is a positive psychologist, educator, and writer. She shares how she has come to give herself permission to both love her life, which she leads in alignment with her values, and to live on behalf of humanity. She shares how she has navigated mid-spaces of both hurricane strength and more gentle storms, learned how to lead from happiness rather than pain, and how she has found a home in her own skin. This is a conversation that will light up your soul. So, um, everybody, I'd like to introduce you to Maria Serwa. And Maria, could you tell us a little bit about who you are? what is important to you and how you live and work in alignment with those things that are most important to you. So, okay, from the business card perspective, I'm a licensed psychologist. I teach positive psychology to organizations, nonprofit, for-profit around the globe. My specialty is resilience and However, I think what's more important is to know that I, um, I do my best to live a life rooted in my values and my passions and love and to give myself as much permission as possible to create a life that actually nourishes me and those I care for. Have you always lived your life on those terms? No, turns out. <laughs> No, it was a lot of work to get to the place where I could shift enough internal paradigms to give myself permission to work hard on behalf of humanity, but also work hard on behalf of my own health and well-being and happiness, that both are valid and both actually are sustaining. So could you tell me about a little bit about that journey into accepting that that was valid to that became your story? What well, did you believe before that? Yeah, I think in early years, I believed that I, I wasn't worthy um, and then that I didn't have, there wasn't a place for me at the table, um, that my voice wasn't big enough or good enough or smart enough. All of the things many, many women wrestle with. Um, and then at the age of 29, had a kind of defining moment where a mentor suggested to me that I didn't have to lead from pain or lead from my own suffering, that I could actually find a way to lead from happiness. And that was such a shocking idea that it changed everything. Um, and I began starting to study and then practice the habits that actually create a life worth living. Um, and somewhere along the line of that, I did, I think what a lot of women do, which is burn out trying to take care of so many other people that I had to stop and say, okay, I've got a matter too. So do you remember that point of burnout? Was that where everything had to switch for you? Yeah, I was a mom of young children. I was volunteering 
intensely at their school while building a career, while managing a difficult marriage, while trying to be a good daughter, while I was, I, I, I was on three different or four different boards at the time, nonprofits. And I was, I was just trying to do it all, all the time. And I was exhausted and not pleasant <laughs> to be around. <laughs> and a gentleman who was sort of a grandfather figure to my children um, invited me to lunch and suggested that I actually could love the things I love more if I stopped trying to do everything. Um, so that was the second moment when a mentor figure sort of said, I think of them as the, you know, like when the sword of truth comes down, like you yeah. just can't ignore it anymore. So the sword of truth came down. What changed for you after that? I got, first thing I did is I got off those three boards. I did. I yeah. was like, I just can't do this anymore. I believe in them. And I, I gave myself permission. This is one of the things I've learned to do, Hope, is give myself permission. Like I give myself permission to pause. It doesn't mean I won't support these organizations or I won't rejoin at some point, but I'm pausing for now. So giving yourself permission, what does that look like? Is that a, is that a habit you've been able to develop now or could you walk me through yeah, that a little it's bit? Almost, it, it's almost a mantra. Like I give myself permission to love my life. What does that mean today, right? And back then in my late thirties, it meant getting off the board, those boards. That was the step one. And then step two, I give myself permission to notice what lifts me. Like, I didn't even know at 39, I couldn't have told you, these are the things that bring me joy. I didn't have a language for that. So what brings you joy? What have you learned that brings you joy? I love that question. <laughs> um, so everything from tiny things like jigsaw puzzles, I have one right here next to me, um, fresh flowers in the house, art glass, those things bring me joy, um, collecting sea glass on the beach, small things, but yeah. they're my things, they're me, they're, they're, they're of who I am. But then also the larger things like creating moments where, you know, good friends are together and there's a ton of food and nobody goes home hungry and we've got great music on and there are candles and it doesn't matter if the curtains match the carpet, like it, you know, just like being in close um, connection with my dear friends, that brings me joy. Um, poetry brings me joy. Writing brings me joy. So are you doing much writing right now? I am. I started the new year because I also, I hit a mini kind of burnout in December. Okay. You learn things and then you relearn them, right? So I, I think, oh, absolutely. Until you finally get it, which I have yet to ever have done. It stuff keeps coming back and slapping me yeah. in the face. Yeah. So I hit a mini burnout in December over, you know, just offering a feeling like I was offering a tremendous amount to the world in terms of my work, but also volunteering again. But now my kids are older. They're they're in twenties. And so that burden is less, but I, I just recognized the signs and I was like, Nope, got to pull back. And so every Friday since Jan 1st, uh, every Friday's booked out for me to write, whether I actually write or not, that's up to me that day, but I don't book meetings. I don't book phone calls. I don't work with clients. You have a day, a week. Fridays are mine. What else do you do on a Friday? If you're not writing, what else do you do that brings you joy on a Friday? I meditate. I take walks. Um, I 
Mm, go buy my fresh flowers. I watch Game of Thrones. Like I'm in season three all over again. <laughs> um, it, I, you know what? It doesn't matter. The defining question of Fridays is what feels good today? What feels good today? Yeah. Oh, I love that. If we could all just take a step back before we start our days. And the invitation that I've decided, the experiment I'm making is, can I continue the stability of my career and work one day less? It's just an experiment. Right. And by making an experiment, how does that change that experience for you? That then I, I'm actually giving myself permission to play. Like, I'm just going to play with this idea for three months and see what happens, like the first quarter. Yeah. Does it impact my business? Yes or no. And if it does, does that matter? Right? Right. Like, but I'm going to give myself the first quarter to play with it and see what happens. So it's, again, it's that permission. It starts with permission for me to love what I love, build it in, prioritize it and see what happens. So when you started giving yourself permission, did anything change about your relationships with people? Over time, it led yeah. to divorce. <laughs> because the more I gave myself permission to love myself and my life, the clearer it got about, the clearer I became about who was supporting me in that and who wasn't. So friendships shifted, certainly some work commitment shifted. Yeah. Did anything else become possible for you once you started living from this place of giving yourself permission? I think that I'm in a deeply loving, easeful, kind, generous relationship and have been for over six years now. And I think the ability to be open and present to that was an eventual outcome of my giving myself permission to be true to myself while I'm doing my work out in the world. I think the capacity to be able to say to my children in moments of their distress, it's gonna be okay because I'm okay and I'm, I'm home for you and we're in this together. You know, like I can actually say that I'm home. I'm home in my skin, which means I can be home for you. You're home in your skin. I love that. Yeah. How long have you been home in your skin? I think 50 was the turning point moment. That was the year that two profound things happened. They, there's an author, I can't remember his name, he calls them life quakes, like earthquakes in your life. Um, I, I was preparing to tell my ex-husband that I, the marriage was over. And then within a week, I had made the decision at um, Thanksgiving time, but I was going to wait till after the holidays. Right. And then in December, so right in the middle of the holidays, my younger brother was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So two dramatic life-changing moments in the same two month period. And then the, you know, when we had sort of crossed through the worst, my brother died in February, by June, I was ready to take a stand and move forward. And so I, 50, that year I turned 50 was a year of real sort of owning how much I actually respected myself and loved being who I was and that it wasn't going to keep me from moving forward. If you have one piece of advice for people about learning to love themselves and being able to come home and seeing themselves as home 
in their skin. What might that be? There were two practices that were really helpful for me. One was to journal, and I'm not a big journaler, but just like little notes, right? Just like little lists almost. Um, start journaling things I was proud of and then things I had done bravely. Even tiny things like the difference between saying, I really don't wanna to go to that restaurant. Not, that food doesn't sit well with me. Like small brave acts and things I was proud of. Things that, um, you, that you were proud of that you had done. Right. 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 Or that I had helped someone else steward or, you know, the, the moments where I was vulnerable and was able to say to somebody, I really appreciate our friendship. It means the world to me. Like even just tiny things, but things that reminded me, oh, this is, and proud of like, no, I'm, I'm doing my jigsaw puzzle. I'm sorry, I don't have time for that. You know? <laughs> I'm proud of my, like, no. <laughs> so really owning what was going to bring you joy and not apologizing for it in the moment. Yes, which I'm still working on the, yeah. the apologizing side of it. Yes, I'm still working on that. But, but you could still say no. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yep. Is there anything about moving in between that place where you hadn't been giving yourself permission and you're trying to prove your worth to where you are now that would be useful to share with other people? For me personally, mm -hmm. therapy was essential. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think for other people it's coaching, but some yeah. some ally, some ally in the journey, right? That was really super helpful. Um, studying positive psychology, like and studying the fact that there is a whole science of thriving and a science of happiness and a science of becoming our best selves. That was really helpful. So intellectually, I knew there were places to take my energy that were going to be going to be more productive and more happy filled than tormenting myself with my own doubts. Um, exercise, my, I have a neurochemistry that leans toward a kind of anxious sorrow and daily exercise or regular exercise, profound difference. Um, and, and I have to say meditation. I've been meditating since I was 25 and that is a place of great soothing for me. Every day? Is that an everyday practice for you? I go through periods where I do it every day, usually when I'm panicked about something. <laughs> but um, no, it's more, you know, that it's a touchstone. So I would say in an average week, I probably meditate three or four times. Okay. But again, it's more, I think the thing I've learned to be comfortable in my own skin means being comfortable with my own rhythms. Like yes. there are days when a walk is, the exercise of the day and there are other days when I, I'm going to pound up that mountain and yeah. then there are other days when it's three hours of paddle tennis right like and then some days my meditation is one minute with a candle and deep breathing and other days it's a half an hour guided imagery journey you know like I get to I get to create the moments that's the big shift between young me and may dare I say old me um is that Curry. I, Curry. I I've learned to lead my life by leading my by shaping my days i love the concept of leading your life by creating and shaping right what that means for you Be and I, I do want to acknowledge 
I have had many advantages in my life. I'm a, a white female. Yeah. I had the opportunity to be educated. I had enough support around me as a child and a young adult to open some doors for me. So I, I, I want to acknowledge that my path, although it wasn't easy for me, it was not nearly as hard as it is for many. Absolutely. No, I appreciate that you've, that you've made that a touchstone in this conversation. Wanted to get back to something you said about your lists when you were journaling about what you were proud of, about what you had done. Because we hear about writing gratitude lists, about things we are grateful for, but often that's not turned back into expressing gratitude about ourselves. And I think that's a lovely expansion of that gratitude practice. Was that just something that you came to for yourself or? So I think I really struggled because of self-worth issues early on and, and a very patriarchal upbringing. I really struggled with humility. Like I, I really deeply believe that we ought be humble, but if you're, it turns out if you're too humble, you lose yourself. Yeah. So I'm sure someone, it was probably a therapist, suggested that it wouldn't be a bad thing to start paying attention to, you know, the moments that I was actually proud of myself. I don't think that thought would have occurred to me on my own. No. Or I maybe I read it in some past psych literature, but I, 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 one of the ways I've become comfortable in my own skin is that I, I can be prideful and I'm also quite humble and both are true. Right. 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 Yeah. I just love that expansion of the, the gratitude Mm -hmm. practice because yeah, I write my grat, you know, what I'm grateful for today. It's never about myself. It's, you know, my kids, my kids or my partner or my friends or the dog or the hot coffee. Right. But it's not, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm proud of the fact that I submitted my paper or Right. That I actually got up and washed my hair today. Like right now, some days that feels like a big ass. Right. Yeah. No, right. I, and I remember, you know, when the kids were infants, right? It was such a huge thing to have enough time and space to actually take a shower and wash your yes. hair. Right. Well, now I, I could take a shower. I could choose any time of day. What a privilege that is. I have hot water. So there's ironically for me, bringing appreciation to myself actually potentiates my ability to be grateful for everything, like the fact that yeah. I have run water. Thank you for that. I'm going to ask you a few questions um, called the connection round. Okay. I ask everybody just to have a common thread that runs through these episodes um, because we all could use a little more connection now, especially as a lot of us are still in lockdown. Maybe that's just me at the minute. <laughs> Being in the mid space, that liminal space in between, feels like blank. Feels like being on a small boat in the middle of an ocean, having left one shore, but knowing that there's a new shore emerging. Can you see the new shore yet or no? Um, In this moment in my life, I can. In other moments, no, it took a lot of faith to just know there was gonna be another shore. 
<laughs> and what's the ride like being on that small boat? Or does it depend on the space that the really between I mean, that time when my marriage fell apart and my brother was dying, I felt like I was in a, a hurricane, a huge storm. Yeah. Right now, in this moment, navigating the pandemic, it feels more like, okay, there's, you know, dangerous sea creatures underneath, but the waves aren't too big. I just got to stay steady. Okay, stay steady. What is the one thing that you feel is most important for people meeting you the first time to know about you? Uh, that I have a deep faith in humanity. That you have a deep faith in humanity. What does that mean for you? It means I do have an essential trust that most people are good. Most people are doing the best that they can. Most people do care deeply about others and about the well-being of plant, the planet and other species. And yeah, that people are generally good. I know that about you. <laughs> if there's one thing that those that do know and love you could know that you've not shared with them yet, what might that be? that I haven't, that's tough because I share a lot. Hmm. I think it might be that I, I do have this periodic fantasy that I, that I have a, a really lovely another book inside of me and that, that I might actually enjoy life a lot more if I just was writing a lot more. That's one thought. On your Fridays? Maybe Fridays and Tuesdays. <laughs> I like it. Fridays and Tuesdays. Right. So speaking of books and writing, what is your go-to book or movie or song that you go to when you're in that in-between place? I, I go to the poets. I go to Rilke and Ruma and Rumi and Kabir and Mary Oliver and David White and now Amanda Gorman and right, I go to the, I go to the poets. Amanda Gorman. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't often envy people younger than me, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> just oh, yeah. the poets. Is there? If you could pick one poem that you could take with you at all times. I think in those moments, those yeah. transition spaces, it's the Mary Oliver poem the title I can't remember, but there, or there are two phrases from her. One is, I want to be a bridegroom married to life. I don't want to die having not lived. And then the other is, tell me your despair and I'll tell you mine. And meanwhile, the world goes on. As I get older, that understanding that meanwhile, you know, the new day is coming. Meanwhile, yes. things are going to shift. That appreciation and the wild geese are calling, it's probably wild geese are calling out like, okay, I'm part of larger cycles, larger systems, larger rhythms. You know, this may feel like the worst thing in the world right now. And the world is still calling out my name. It is. That's lovely. And if you could be or do anything that you wanted, what would it be? Okay, right now, it would be right a, at a beach in Miami. I would be in the hot sunshine and I would be done with this COVID winter. Um, yeah, I'd be with you. 
I'd invite myself. I'm sorry, I'm crashing your party. Anybody's welcome. That's the invitation right now. So yeah, I have a longing for sun and warmth right now. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maria. It's been delightful. If anybody wants to find out a bit more about you, where can they find out more information about you? I have a website, which is my name, mariasirwa.com. And I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Midspace Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it, subscribe, and or leave a review. Each week, my guests share their own stories and tools to navigate the space between no longer and not yet and between each other. You won't want to miss them.